0: People need to understand this. Leftism, as opposed to liberalism or conservatism, is always tyrannical.
1: This is The Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, May 25th. I'm Virginia Allen, and that was Dennis Prager. The Daily Signal's Tyler O'Neill had the chance to sit down with Prager at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. According to Prager, the American left's tendency to enforce its ideological speech codes reminds him of the Soviet opposition of Jews that he studied in his youth. He calls this phenomenon totalitarian and nightmarish. Prager says you can ask almost any person who lived in a communist country and they will say to you, I can't believe what I fled is now happening in America. Stay tuned for Tyler's conversation with Dennis Prager after this. Americans use firearms to defend themselves between 500,000 and 2 million times every year. But God forbid that my mother is ever faced with a scenario where she has to stop a threat to her life. But if she is, I hope politicians protected by professional armed security didn't strip her of the right to use the firearms she can handle most competently.
2: To watch the rest of heritage expert Amy Swear's testimony on assault weapons before the House Judiciary Committee, head to the Heritage Foundation YouTube channel. There you'll find talks, events, and documentaries backed with the reputation of the nation's most broadly supported Public Policy Research Institute. Start watching now at Heritage.org slash YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and share. This is Tyler O'Neill, Managing Editor at The Daily Signal, and I'm honored to be joined by a preeminent voice of conservative journalism and an outright conservative giant, Dennis Prager. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you, Tyler.
2: You first gained attention for interviewing Jews in the Soviet Union and later grew to warn against the secular Jewish turn in the totalitarian left. What aspects of the modern left do you see that reflect that Soviet oppression?
0: So to fill in for the listener what what you're referring to, when I was 20 years old, I, I was uh, I was a student in England, and for the Passover holiday I visited... Israel and friends of mine who knew of me and knew I knew Russian and Hebrew, Russian I studied in college, Hebrew from my Jewish schools as a child. Uh, I was a uh, sort of an ideal candidate to be one of those young people that the Israeli government sent into the Soviet Union to smuggle in religious items to Jews and to smuggle out the names of Jews who wanted to leave. So they sent me for a month, uh, in in uh, September of that year, for the Jewish High Holy Days, and then I went uh, and began my lecturing, and I've never stopped. So, from since 21, I've been, uh-huh. I've been, I've been lecturing publicly. I'm, I've been a public figure all of my adult life. It's, a, it's a strange life. So I, sp- I would speak. Oh God, I would speak. Forgive me. So I, I would, uh, I would speak. Uh, constantly on the subject of Soviet Jewry. The interesting thing is that I studied Russian in order to understand the Soviets, the enemy in the Cold War, to read Pravda. That was my, my goal. Not Dostoevsky, not to be able to order food in a restaurant, to read the, the, the communist paper of uh, Pravda and understand totalitarianism better. So as I say, frequently my field of study was communism and communist uh, affairs as they used to call it i went i went to communist countries regularly if you'd have said to me when i was in graduate school you know you're you're learning about the american future i would have thought you were out of your mind but this is i studied communism and the soviet union And it prepared me for what is happening in America today. You can ask almost any person who lived in a communist country, and they will say to you, I can't believe what I fled is now happening in America. And people need to understand this. Leftism, as opposed to liberalism or conservatism, is always tyrannical. There is no example literally not one, of the left taking charge of a country or an institution and allowing dissent. There is no example, whether it was the Soviet Union uh, or uh, YouTube uh, or your local university. Dissent is suppressed by the left always. There is no exception. The moment a leftist allows dissent, he or she has become a liberal. Liberals do allow dissent. The, the tragedy of liberals is that they vote for the left. But that's another matter you didn't ask me about that. So I hope I've combined uh, all of your questions into that answer. But obviously, feel free to ask anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, that notion of suppressing dissent, I've long followed and reported on the Southern Poverty Law Center doing that. But you mentioned YouTube, and your experience with PragerU, I think, plays into that. Where do you see the suppression of dissent strongest in the United States right now?
0: Everywhere. Uh, uh, Virtually every corporation, uh, uh, virtually every university, virtually every high school, virtually every media site— When was when was the last uh, conservative piece uh, printed in 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 a mainstream newspaper? Uh, The editor of the editorial page who was with the New York Times, I think, at least two decades, was fired because he published a piece by a Republican senator. That's all he did—an opinion piece. Not a news piece, an opinion piece. He was fired. The man had had decades uh, of 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 exemplary service to the New York Times. Uh, It it is you can't get up in in a medical school in many. I don't know about every medical, but many medical schools now. And you, you, if you say pregnant women, you will you will very very possibly be corrected. And say we in, in our medical school, like University of Minnesota, like Columbia University, we say birthing person, medical schools. The drift to totalitarian speech in, in America it is beyond frightening. It's nightmarish.
2: And in the Jewish tradition, there's this idea of tikkun olam you know restoring the world that the jewish left has really weaponized in advocating for the left would you speak a little bit about how much of a betrayal of judaism that is
0: so as i've often said and i i i've written what might be uh, along with rabbi joseph telushkin we co-authored a book I think it's the most widely read uh, English introduction to Judaism. I've written a book on anti-Semitism, three volumes of a Bible commentary of the, of the Torah, the first five books. i um, been a committed Jew all of my life, founded a synagogue in Los Angeles. So I want that context clear here. But I, I've often said Jews are the most religious people in the world. Unfortunately, for most of them, their religion is not Judaism. J- Jews, when Jews leave uh, Judaism, me- meaning specifically God, Torah, Israel, that w- the Jews have a trinity, so to speak. Uh, it's not exactly the same as a Christian trinity, but, but it, God, Torah, Israel is an ancient formula of what Judaism is. And when Jews abandoned that, they, they frequently found or lead other isms, feminism, environmentalism, socialism, Marxism. And so they've retained the idea that we're supposed to make the world better, but not through God-based, let's say, Ten Commandments. So they do it through non-God-based systems, and it ends up really what the uh, serpent in the Garden of Eden said, oh, you eat of the tree of knowledge and you'll be like God. And so what happens is God is not the source of our rights and our obligations, but but government is. And that leads to catastrophe in every instance. But I, I just need to add, to be intellectually honest, uh, Every religion is facing this crisis. I mean, you you have a pope in the Catholic Church who is is largely a Marxist in his views and his social views. Obviously, not not in, in, in private matters of like abortion and uh, gay marriage, but but essentially has the what was it called liberation theology in South America. Among Protestants, I mean, the Anglican Church has just come out uh, for a a, a, a blessing, neutered, same a neutered sex, neutered Bible. Yeah. You no, know, changing the words of the text. I mean, I don't care if the text is Shakespeare. Does the fact that it's it's a religious text is important? But you can't change the words of a text. It's 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 lying. Uh, but so. It's, it's a tragedy for, for all our faiths. And you mentioned that Trinity,
2: God, Torah, Israel. Israel just celebrated its 75th anniversary. We're seeing massive protests against the Netanyahu government uh, for its um, judicial reforms. We're also seeing Iran allying with Russia. And other rising threats to Israel. How do you see Israel at this pivotal moment in history?
0: So, it's important to remember that there is only one country of the 200 plus countries in the world that is threatened with it, with annihilation: the Jewish country called Israel, the size of New Jersey. It's a little smaller, I believe, than El Salvador, or a little bigger, but it's about the size of El Salvador. The Arab world stretches from the Atlantic Ocean to the Persian Gulf. The, the Muslim world has 52 countries, but there's no room for one Jewish country the size of New Jersey. It's targeted for annihilation, and they proudly say that. I'm not reading into it. The The raison d'etre of the Islamic regime is exactly what Hitler's was, the annihilation of the Jews, in this case of Israel in Hitler's case of Europe. It, 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 there's a statement in the ancient Jewish Haggadah, the Haggadah is the Passover service, the Seder service, and I've written a commentary on that too, called the Rational Passover Haggadah. There's a statement there, which is about 1800 years old, in every generation, that I'm translating in my brain from Hebrew, they they arise, they stand up or arise to annihilate us, not to oppress us, not to persecute us, not to enslave us, to annihilate us. That's the difference between anti-Semitism and every other ethnic hatred. A lot of groups are hated by other groups. That's the universal human condition. It's not good but it's not, it's not gas chambers. Jew hatred is the only annihilationist or exterminationist hatred. I believe it's because the Jews are the chosen people and reflect something that the annihilator wants to get rid of. But whatever one's reason, that's just a fact. So Uh, I just want to make one thing clear When I said God Torah Israel Which is the way it's formulated In Jewish texts It means Israel as the Jewish people Not Israel the country Because it was God Torah Israel for 2,000 years When there was no Jewish country So I just wanted to make that clear
2: Yeah, no, and that's helpful Um, Where do you see the struggles And the hope for the state of Israel You know, as separated from As you rightly noted, the Jewish people as a whole.
0: Well, I don't. I'm only separating in in terms of the what God Torah Israel meant. There is no separation. I mean, I mean the 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 Torah, the the constitution of Judaism. And for that matter, of Christianity, I mean, no Torah, no 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 Judaism, no Christianity. It's that the first five, first five books are the basis of everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. The Garden of Eden, the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's all there, and uh, the rest is really extrapolation of that. Anyway, uh, Israel, the country, is central. Many of the laws can only be practiced in Israel, like the Jubilee year. Uh, so. Uh, there is no there's no honest way to separate israel the country from judaism it, it 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 is it's the holy land i mean there's no way around it that's what god chose to to place for his people to reside uh, now, of course, there's also the political fact of Israel, and and all those listening to this need to understand something that is very hard for non-Jews to understand. Jews are a religion and a people, not an ethnicity. There are black Jews. There are ha- half the half of Israel are Arab Jews or Middle Eastern Jews. They're Iranian Jews. You can convert to Judaism if Jude- if Jews were an ethnicity. How could you convert? <laughs> you can't convert to an ethnicity. But it is a people, just like America. American is not an ethnicity. American is a people. It's the the parallel is, is exact, and you can have religious Americans, and you can have atheist Americans. So so too, you can have religious Jews and atheist Jews. I wish they weren't atheist Jews. I wish I wish they took God seriously. But they're Jews. I mean, there's no way around it. So uh, that's so Israel is a is an entity with people of every opinion, just like America is a place of people of every opinion. I'm not particularly worried, I'm not not happy about the demonstrations, but it just shows it's a vibrant democracy. And I am am more worried, I remain more worried about, about Iran and now Iran and China uh, than I am about uh, internal conflicts in Israel.
2: You mentioned, you know, the Torah as the constitution of the Jewish people. And parallel, I think many would resonate with and very much agree with. Um, some have l- looked at Genesis 1 through 11 as sort of a preamble to that constitution and as a defining you know, worldview set up for that Constitution that has impacted history um, through in myriad ways. But I was wondering, you know, from a Christian perspective, there are many different interpretations of Genesis one to eleven that many Christians have. Whether it's you know not quite allegorical, but perhaps you know saying that the the seven days are an example of God bringing order to the world, whether or not they're literal days, how would you, interp- how would you approach those sorts of issues?
0: I don't, ha- I don't have an axe to grind on whether people take uh, six, seven days uh, literally. I-, I don't, because uh, the word day in Hebrew, which many Christians know as yom, uh, means exactly what it does in English. If you say, in Lincoln's day... Nobody says. What do you mean? What day? What day are you referring to? Well, it means his time period. I mean, it, let's say the Torah were were bound to modern science. Let's say, okay, so in the first three billion years, God did this. <laughs> I mean, but so then you would have a Sabbath every every fourteen billion years, and <laughs> and much of of creation, believe it or not, is actually geared to creating the Sabbath. It's the only ritual in the Ten Commandments. This is an interesting issue that I I raise uh, when I speak with Christians, which is very regularly. Uh, I I have asked priests and ministers for 40 years, do you believe that Christians are bound to the commandment of keeping the Sabbath? And there's no way to predict their answer. None. Uh, It's not based on Catholic or, or Protestant, it's not based on conservative or liberal. Uh, so I have no way to predict, and and it's been 50-50. 50% have said we are, 50% said we're not. All all I am here to say is it's a massive loss in Christian life, the loss of the Sabbath. If it's Sunday, and it's really obviously then commemorating the resurrection, not, not resting from creation, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, What matters to me is that a day of the week is set aside that is different because God wants you to make a different day. And the loss in America is palpable. Sunday is virtually indistinguishable from any other day Uh, where I live, and I think it's all true all over the country. Sunday might be uh, the the most—you might find the most traffic— (laughs) <laughs> uh, of any day. It is actually busier than than it is on a Monday. The highways in L.A. are busier on Saturday and Sunday than they are on Monday. And they're busy on Monday, obviously. So this loss is... Uh, is a tremendous one. And I I want Christians to think seriously about that question. Aside from which is just a a very almost funny thing. For the Christians who feel that they are not bound uh, by the Sabbath commandment, and I fully respect that position. That means that for Christians, there were nine commandments.
2: Hmm. That's strong and thought provoking. I also had an, another question on the Pentateuch. Uh, Moses's death is recorded, and obviously the tradition says that Moses was the author of the Pentateuch. Uh, there are also multiple stories that are told uh, again and again in the Pentateuch. You have the very modern and I think rather wrong-headed view of this documentary hypothesis, which uh, se- seems to cherry-pick words and try to construct. a, a, you know, almost evolutionary version of the text uh, that doesn't seem to make sense from the tradition that I'm aware of. But how would you address authorship issues in the Pentateuch, and how much does that matter?
0: What matters is whether you think ultimately God is the author, which I I do, of the Pentateuch. I mean, other parts of the Bible— are are inspired, but not uh, at least from the Jewish tradition. And I think logically, the first five books stand as primus inter pares, first among equals. And as I write in my introduction to my commentary uh, on on the Pentateuch, uh, the Rational Bible, the fourth volume hopefully comes out next year. Then I have one more to go.
2: I was going to ask about that. Yeah,
0: so it's... It's the hardest thing I've ever done by, by far. But in, in, in any event, also, of course, the most rewarding, which is usually the way it works in life. So my, my belief is that ultimately God is the author. However, beyond that, I take no position on how God did it. Did he dictate it to Moses? If you want to believe that, it's like if you want to believe in the six days of literal, I have no issue with you. Uh, I have no idea how it was transmitted. Uh, I do. I know how the Ten Commandments were transmitted because it's written. Right. But So I don't have a position because I don't know why a position on that is important. If God is the ultimate author, it doesn't matter to me how he did it. As I write, I don't care how it was done. I care who did it. And when you drop ultimate divine authorship of the Torah then it becomes a man-made document. And by definition, you will treat it differently. Oh, I don't like the law. I mean, there's a law in Deuteronomy. A man cannot wear women's clothing. Okay? If that comes from God, you've got to take that seriously. If it doesn't come from God, then you, you get drag queen story hours uh, for uh, kids in elementary school. God, God clearly wants the male-female difference, clearly represented in the human race. And when God makes the human, he said God created the human being male and female, he created them. Why why would why would those words be necessary? Because that's the way the divine order is and there's no doubt in my mind that the trans movement and all all of leftism is ultimately a rebellion against the the, the Bible and its outlook.
2: And so talking about leftism, silencing dissent, you know, returning to the subject with which we began, um, how would you encourage conservatives, you know, be they Jews, Christians, or just general American conservatives, perhaps um, even some in other faiths, to respond to that silencing of dissent? What do we do and how can we remain faithful in such a difficult time?
0: Well, let's say you have a daughter in college or high school who's on the swim team, the girls' swim team. And a a man who says he's a woman competes. Then you just say to your daughter, uh, you're not participating. Uh, The school is making female sports a farce. And you shouldn't be part of that i 'm sorry, my dear daughter. You worked your tail off to get onto the swim team uh, and ultimately, if none of the girls competed, it would end this uh, this attack on on women 's sports and indeed on women. but people uh, don't don 't fight that's that 's human nature uh, courage is the rarest of the good human traits their honesty is more common loyalty is more common kindness is more common courage is the rarest but without courage we're doomed so people people have to have to fight I uh, look my, my my dream is that everybody took their kids out of schools and homeschooled them in in overnight america would be fixed That that would that would do it overnight. If I could have one wish, that would be my wish.
2: Well, thank you so much again for joining me. Where can the people follow you and look for those uh, forthcoming chapters of the Rational Bible?
0: So, uh, I would invite people to read the reviews on Amazon. There are five thousand reviews on Amazon uh, of my Bible commentary. It, It has strengthened the faith of the already faithful Christian and Jew. And it has brought a lot of people to take God seriously because I only use reason. My vehicle to God is is 100% rooted in reason. I'm not saying it's the only vehicle to God, but that is mine. I try to explain everything. Most people read this stuff and their eyes glaze over. Uh, but I, I, I show the, the greatness and the relevance, uh, uh, hopefully. It's called the Rational Bible. Of course, there's PragerU, Prager University, uh, which has a billion views a year, mostly young people around the world. You should pay your kids to watch our videos. Our sure. fi- You should. I, I, as I always say, I don't know how to raise kids without bribery. So I, uh, <laughs> I am... Uh, uh, I, I'm an example of a parent who paid his kid to do good things. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a behaviorist. I want you to do good things. If it's animated by um, a $10 bribe, fine. Uh, but anyway, they should watch our videos. You should, you uh, listening, should watch them too, hopefully, at debts at PragerU and at my website, denisprager.com, You can see, and at the Daily Signal, my column every week.
2: Great. Thank you so much for joining
0: me. My joy.
1: And if you are interested in hearing more from Dennis Prager, be sure to check out the Daily Signal website. It's dailysignal.com where we run commentaries from Dennis Prager on a monthly basis. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Signal podcast. If you've never had the chance to check out our evening show, we invite you to do so. You can find it right here in this same podcast feed where we bring you some of the top news of the day. Also make sure to take just a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We're across all podcast platforms and we so appreciate it if you would take just a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review. Thanks so much for being with us today and we'll see you right back here at 5 p.m. for our top news edition.
2: The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation.